It's quite normal for a U.S. brand to expand globally, and we hear about it all the time. But it's very rare for a global brand to come into the U.S., and that's exactly what we're going to talk about in this episode of Franchise U. Join me as I talk with Blas Escarcega, the Director of Franchise Development at Pollo Comparo, which is a chicken fast food restaurant growing rapidly in the U.S. Welcome to the Franchise U Podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. So welcome to another episode of Franchise U. With me today, I have Blas Escarsica, who is the director of franchise development for a fabulous chicken brand called Pollo Campero. So welcome, Blas. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Thank you, Kathy. Great to be here. It is great to have you here. So you're the Director of Franchise Development at Pollo Comparo, and you have been with them for a long time, 16 years. And what was interesting to me when I was reading about you is that your background is primarily in finance. You joined Pollo Comparo as the controller after being the CFO at a large beverage distributor. Tell us a little bit more. Let's start with your finance career, especially how you transitioned from the beverage industry into a franchise brand. You know, my uh, background, as you mentioned, isn't finance mostly. I was probably about 15 years before I even came to Campero. I was in public accounting. I worked in oil and gas. I worked in real estate. I also worked in the beverage industry. And I've got experience in, you know, uh, beverage and, and food along the way. And for Campero 16 years ago was a op- great opportunity for me to join a growing brand. And to your point, I did start out in the accounting department. I was one of the first 10 employees they hired back in 2007. So my role back then was to get the back office of the U.S. operations up and running since they didn't have anything. And I did that for 15 years where I put together not only systems and, and programs and processes and the accounting stuff that everybody's used to from a finance person uh, about a year and a half ago, I was approached by the executive team and, and they felt that I had the experience to, to go into franchise sales. Now, it wasn't something that I thought of one day and woke up and said, I want to be the franchise sales guy. But really what made sense for us as an organization is I had the experience of being with a brand for 16 years. So I knew the brand since the beginning. We've been through some tough times, whether it's a great recession, the pandemic, et cetera. So I knew how to navigate uh, that. I had a great relationship with each one of our franchise partners. I knew the laws and the regulations working with our franchise team since I was also helping with the legal part of the franchising. And at the end of the day, I I knew the numbers of Mm -hmm. what uh, an investment in a Foyle Campero franchise would look like. Unit economics is very important for franchisees who are interested in joining a brand. So I was able to bring that to the table where franchise prospects kind of got the numbers. There's a numbers piece that everyone wants, but then there's a relationship piece. Right. So I I, I do have a relationship as a CFO and an accounting finance person. So they also said, you know what, I don't consider myself as as a, you know, an accountant, accountant person, but I do have the background and the fact that I had great relationships with our franchisees kind of made it a, a, a situation where I, I was very well, I was able to transition over very smoothly. That's wonderful. And you know, I have to smile because two things you've said really struck a nerve. 
a fellow colleague of mine who's an accounting professor always says everything's about accounting. Every student needs to know accounting. They can do anything with it. You're living proof of that. And then secondly, I always talk about relationships and franchising. So you definitely nailed that one as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what your major responsibilities are in franchise development? Sure. At Puebla Campero, my major responsibilities are growing and accelerating through franchise partners, new franchise partners. I am looking for partners who want to grow with our brand. So one of the things is we have a five-year plan here at Puebla Campero. And as part of the five-year plan is to grow our franchise base. Right now, we're predominantly corporate, but within the next five years, we hope to be closer to uh, 40% franchise, 60% corporate. Um, I'm also responsible to make sure that they hit the development timeline. So once a franchisee signs up to build X number of restaurants, we have certain milestones that we have built into the agreements to ensure that they sign leases on time, that they start construction, and that they open on time. But I think the other part is a relationship. I think uh, franchisees are looking for partners and they're part of our system that we're there to help them. We're help to, there to guide them. We're helped to provide the advice and the resources necessary to make them successful. We understand that franchisees being successful, it means that we're a success as a brand. So we make it very apparent with our franchisees that it's important that we we are part of the same system. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, we're not enemies amongst ourselves. We are, we are friends and colleagues, and we work and collaborate together. Our enemies are the ones outside of the system. With all due respect to every one of our competitors, but really at the end, it's to make sure that we are selling franchises, we're developing on time, and ensuring that the success once they do open are our successes that they can uh, expect for the next 10 to 20 years when they sign as a franchisee. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about your brand. So Pollo Campero started in 1971 in Guatemala, and it was a family-owned restaurant with a family recipe. Some hand-breaded chicken, marinated all the way to the bone is what I read for great flavor. You have fresh salads and sides. And so the recipe has been passed down generation to generation. And you do serve chicken in all forms, fried, grilled, nuggets, etc., Tell us a little bit more about the history of Pollo Campero. Pollo Campero did start, in, as you mentioned, in 1971, humble beginnings. You know, it's it's a family recipe that has carried on to today. It's a secret recipe, secret sauce, as we like to call it. It's a concept that started in Guatemala City and expanded to El Salvador next door uh, uh, within a year. And over the last 51 years that we've been in existence, the brand has really resonated resonated with the Central American population. We have over 270 units in Central America, in Guatemala, and El Salvador. And the brand has, has really stuck to the roots of family, meals, uh, special recipe, quality. We always want to make sure the customer experience is always protected when people come in. Uh, it's amazing how the brand in Guatemala, you go and visit, people are just so excited to come celebrate, you know, Mother's Days, birthdays, graduations, Father's Day, you name it, there are celebrations. And we always want to make sure that the family is represented uh, as part of our brand because we believe very strongly with that. The, the good thing about our brand is there. This, you mentioned some great products. Our, our, our fried chicken is the best. I invite the listeners to try our product at some point in time. It's the the hero on the, on the menu, the fried chicken. 
we have great products in, in the sense that we have uh, grilled. Mm-hmm. Um, Camperitos is a great, uh, you know, chicken nuggets, white meat. Um, and then we have excellent sides. We have unique sides here where we can share as part of the family meals with either fried grill or camperitos, whether it's fried uh, plantains, whether it's yuca, campero rice, campero beans. Uh, you know, we have uh, coleslaw and fries, et cetera. But the other thing that we have that is a uh, differentiator for us is also we have empanadas. Very good empanadas, chicken empanadas that that are very flavorful, and they really are a great complement as an appetizer, as a meal that we have here. So when you combine the family atmosphere, uh, the quality recipe, the the ambience of the store that we, you know, the 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 uh, the welcoming of our stores through colors and lighting and and just the, our employees that are happy to serve and they feel very strongly that you know when you come to our restaurant their family's coming to eat so yeah. we take care of them and that's really what's at the bottom of the brand is the pride that we have uh, of not only the food but serving our customers and it's mm-hmm. been very successful for us for the last 51 years and i like to give you a quote one of our franchisees said one time is when you eat compare it's like eating thanksgiving dinner every night Oh, I love that. Well, I also saw a couple of good quotes in a video you have on your website. One was you stated you are converting people one chicken leg at a time. Yeah, that's that's a great one because, you know, at as I mentioned earlier, you know, we're not everywhere here in the U.S. currently. Right. And we want to be more accessible to our, our, our chicken fans, our pork and fans. We want to be uh, convenient to our customers, and that's why we're growing with this aggressive plan. Gotcha. And really, it's 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 being able to convert people who have not known about the brand, who have maybe seen it in the neighborhood or they're driving in other cities, that they come in and and really taste the flavors. Because we believe once they taste our product, uh, they'll be hooked. The it's, it'll be memorable. One of the things that really shows the brand uh, potential here in the U.S. is as we keep opening restaurants more and more, we start seeing more new customers come to the brand. Mm-hmm. We've always had our legacy customers, which are Central Americans that have grown up with a brand in Central America and have migrated here in the U.S. But what really gets us excited is we see U.S. you know crossover consumers that maybe have not experienced it in Central America uh, come to us, taste it. Uh, they love the experience, and they and they they become customers for life. And that's the really exciting part of, about the brand is is how do we get uh, accelerate that to to feed more people the bulk of Better Brand because we know that once we're able to provide that food and service and the atmosphere of, of the family environment, we are going to be very successful, and we're very proud of that. As you should be. And you know, right now you have 85 plus locations in the U.S. And as you mentioned, it is a very competitive segment. The fast food chicken segment is actually has over 40 billion in sales, but it is competitive. So how do you think you can compete in this market? Would it be through your actual products? Kathy, it's it's a great question because it is a, it's a combination of factors. Um one of the things that we've always focused on is execution at our restaurants, whether it's customer experience, quality, ensuring that the products are delivered the way they have always been delivered since 1971. 
The other thing that really we we like to differentiate ourselves in the chicken category is we're unique. We're Central American. We have flavors that might be different than than some of the other chains here in the U.S. that maybe don't have the Central American Caribbean uh, side items like plantains and yuca, which mm-hmm. I find more and more people now here in the U.S. want to experience those flavors of the world. Yeah. You know, whether it's through social media and 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 you know some of the platforms out there, people want to experience different flavors. And one of the things that we really promoted is is to ensure that the younger generation, as well as our legacy customer, has an option to taste our product. And I think that differentiates ourselves from the other chicken competitors. The good news is the chicken category continues to be strong. It's one of right. the factors growing in the restaurant industry. So we're in a great segment going forward. And then we have great demographics that are happening here in the U.S. You know, we have an influx of, of immigration, not only Central America, Hispanic, that also allows us to expand our brand presence uh, with the Hispanic community here in the U.S. But at the end of the day, we want to be in the mouths of everybody uh, because we believe the brand is for everybody, whether it's family, individuals, hardworking people that need a, a quick meal, uh, during lunchtime or what have you, because we also want to make sure we take care of, you know, people that are on the go. And those are the things that we look at very carefully and the brand. And, and it's really resonated very well over the last five years, especially with record profits, record sales, record acceptance. And some of the stores that we've had recently, uh, I can talk to you really quickly about Raleigh. We opened that in October and it was crazy. People were lined up, you know, 20, 30 cars, hours waiting, three or four hours. We had a, a drone look over the, the the restaurant. You could see just a line of cars. Oh, wow. Out, and, it, and it continues to do extremely well with record profits today. So those are the things that we know if we are able to execute everything within the four walls and also from a marketing perspective, and also a brand perspective and me selling franchises and promoting the brand will be successful. And it's really done very well over the last couple of years. For, for us. And that's great. Blossom, you talked about franchising being your vehicle for growth here, especially in the U S and to that point, you're offering some pretty excellent incentives for new builds by the end of the year. Can you talk about that? Yes, Kathy. One of the things that we were promoting is we want uh, new franchise prospects to come into the system and we want to accelerate growth. One of the things that we're offering is a 50% discount on franchise fees. So if they're able to come in and sign for a unit de- or a area development agreement and they're able to build within the, uh, the deadlines, mm-hmm. of, then we will waive the second 50% fee of the, of the franchise fee. So we are trying to really work with our franchise partner. We're trying to be realistic on development schedules with them. We want to make sure that it's something that benefits them and ourselves. And part of that is to is for the acceleration piece of our business. How do we get people to take advantage of this, uh, to come with a great uh, brand and be able to accelerate that? We strongly believe that once we're able to work on, on a deal with the franchise prospect as far as development, timeline and development units and, 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 you know, given the circumstances that we kind of went through with the pandemic, some of the learnings there, we, we come up with a really good game plan so that they're successful and they meet the deadlines. And then at that point, they are forgiven for the 50% discount. So you've touched a little bit on the fact that you provide excellent support for your franchisees. 
what are the specific types of support that you think are the best things that you offer compared to others? One of the things that we've done, Kathy, probably the last five years, uh, you know, we put together a plan, plan to defend here in Campero. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to focus on is what do we need to do to put the platform in place for growth? So what we did was we, we invested heavily in technology and people and expertise. And over the last five years, we really put together an infrastructure ready for growth, whether it's quality assurance, whether it's marketing, whether it's training, whether it's IT services that we need to provide our franchisees. But it was not only the systems and the processes, but it's the people. Uh, we invested heavily in in people, ensuring that we met uh, whatever gaps we had for that growth, that we fulfilled those gra- gaps with the right people and the right systems. So as we embarked on this franchising piece over the last year and a half, we put that in place with investments and people, and now we're ready for the growth phase. And what we're looking for is in the next phase is as we grow as a brand to ensure that as we add, you know, franchise partners and units to the system, it's something that the system can support because we don't want to grow just for growing. We want to grow to be successful. So that involves, you know, also um, screening potential franchise candidates, making sure that we have the right franchise partner from a capital and attitude perspective, that they have an experience that we're looking for. Those are the things that we want to make sure that we have that criteria met up front. Once we meet that and they're able to also have the passion for the brand and want to be part of the brand, we feel very confident we can provide the services for them to be successful. Whether it's site selection, QA, marketing, training, those are big areas, operational excellence. We have FBCs that go out and visit our franchise partners. So, you know, they review P&Ls. They want to make sure they're successful. What are some areas, opportunities that we have on a one-on-one basis? So we want to do a lot to ensure their success. And that's really what we've done in the last five years. And it's really allowed us to go out and market the brand and be able to say, look at our office. We have a great office here in in Dallas. Our corporate office in the U.S. is in Dallas. Mm -hmm. We've expanded this office. Uh, You know, when I started here uh, in 2007, we had 10 employees. Now we have over 2,000. So that can can let you explain the growth, not only for the support structure that we've had, but also the people out in the field and our franchise partners. So if I was to put put it, uh, the takeaway is here, we've invested heavily to ensure that we have the platform ready for growth right. and we will continue to invest because we understand that you can't remain in the same spot. You can't, you have to change before you're required to change, as they say. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're always actively ensuring, whether it's technology, new trends and customer experience, you know, menu innovation, we spend time and money to ensure that we have products that our customer is going to accept. And, you know, you have the social media and the marketing aspect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is all part of this. Excellent. And, you know, you talked about what you look for in franchisees. And so I heard you talk about passion. Why is that important? And can you describe that a little bit more? I, I firmly believe if you want to be part of a franchise system, you have to believe in the product. You have to believe in our principle, our core values here at Campero are, are, are high. We, we believe in respect, excellence, integrity, and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, we believe that if we do things the right way, 
with our customers, our current employees, those two can combine for the complete brand experience that we're looking for. Those are very important for us. Um, it's easy to find potential franchise partners that have all the capital that have, you know, maybe they have experience in another brand or another concept, but it takes a little bit more to be a franchisee for Pueblo Campero because we believe so strong in the brand that you got to be all in, you know, you got to be all in, put all the chips in the middle of the table and say, I'm in. And that's part of what makes Campero so exciting is I, you know, I've been here for 16 years. I'm all in, of course. Yes. But I strongly believe in the brand and I can't sell franchises if I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. And I passionately believe that this brand is, I, I get it's a franchise investment and a lot, but it's more than that. It's a brand that cares. It's a brand that wants to feed families. It's a brand that wants to make sure that we do the right things in the car communities and that we're proud to work for. Mm-hmm. And if the franchisees doesn't have the same philosophy as we do, then it's not something that's going to work for us. And my job is to make sure I bring the franchisees that do have those philosophies, you know, the working capital, the liquidity, the experience, you know, they have, they're capable of multi-units within their areas and territories, they're experts in their areas. They could have another concept that maybe it's a hammer concept, they need to fill it in with a chicken concept. So they have to have that well-balanced structure in the platform also uh, to be able to support their growth and that's really what makes Campero, I believe, different is we're not there just to sell franchise. We're there to, to sell a lifestyle of working with the brand. The food is phenomenal. So I can't say it enough. Once you taste it, I think franchisees say that it's the best chicken out there. And really the service, you know, the, the passion for service that we have, that we continue to pay attention to the details because we believe that's really what's going to differentiate ourselves mm-hmm. uh, in the future. So it's a combination of those factors that we look for in, a, in the passion of a franchising. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Well, I dug into your FDD just a bit, and I'm only going to ask you one or two questions about it. But I noticed that you have freestanding or inline franchises available. Can you discuss the two types and maybe what type the majority of your restaurants are? Sure. Um Majority that we have right now are freestanding. So they're freestanding units with drive-throughs. Okay, good. Uh, and and we've uh, we've focused on that uh, for new franchisees. And there's a reason why we're doing that. We want uh, to make sure the brand is presented in new markets as we grow into new markets, whether it's, you know, San Antonio, Colorado, Phoenix, you know, uh, Utah. We're looking at new franchise partner. We want to present a flagship in that market and then start developing around it. So freestandings and new markets are something that we're looking at franchise partners. Within our portfolio, we also have inline restaurants, which basically are in strip shopping centers, retail, and you have a tenant on each side and you don't necessarily have a drive-through, but you have takeout and dine-in. And then you have caps, which you know are at the end of a retail center where you have the ability to have drive-through. Oh, yeah. uh, on one of your walls and it has dine in and you can have takeout. So our portfolio is predominantly freestanding. Uh, and then you have in caps and in lines and then you have the non-traditional. We do have a couple of restaurants that are either in a, a large retailer or we have them in a mall. Mm. So those are non-traditional sites that we do have, but 
When we're looking at franchise prospects, that if we're going into a new market, freestanding is definitely the way we want to present the brand for brand recognition. It's hard to bring a new concept into a new uh, market when it's hidden in an inline or in an end cap. But when you have a freestanding and it has high visibility, great location, as people drive by there and they see it and they want to look and go in there and see the great colors that we have, that's where we want to be able to uh, expand our territories for our franchise partners. And, you know, also, Blas, if you think about the pandemic really demonstrated the importance of having that drive through. Oh, absolutely. I think to your point, we were able to survive as well as other restaurant Mm -hmm. companies with not only drive through, but third party delivery, curbside takeout. It was phenomenal. Correct. Having all those avenues to deliver your product is important. Well, the one thing I have to talk about is in item 19 of the FDD, you listed your per unit averages, and they are well north of 2 million, which really caught my eye. What do you attribute that incredible, strong performance to? I think I mentioned it earlier, Kat. We really took a, a very strong look at ourselves about five years ago. You know, what do we need to do to be the best of the best? What do we need to do from an investment menu innovation, marketing, QA, uh, IT, you know, social media, digital marketing is so important nowadays. So we really took a long uh, look at what we had, the capabilities that we needed to fill, and we really put a great plan together. And really, uh, over the last three years, four years, you've seen phenomenal growth in the average unit volumes. To your point, we are well north of Tillman. I can't tell you how we finished 2022, but I'm very happy. I'll leave it at that. Once we're able to come out with our FDD, it will be disclosed. Yes. But it's really a combination of our investments, uh, you know, that we did not only in people, systems, technology, and the brand recognition and marketing. Uh, We executed very well during the pandemic. Uh, We were able to pivot. Uh, We were very fortunate to, we were lucky, but I think we had some skill. When that happened, that we were already signed up with third-party providers. We had right. our mobile app before the whole pandemic and everything. Once the pandemic hit, everything went over digital. So we were right. the beneficiaries of having those platforms in place. And that was part of the five-year plan that we had planned to do uh, as far as digital and third-party delivery. Um, but I think the other thing is, as we increase our visibility, as we start building more locations, people are starting to know who we are. Mm-hmm. And as they start to know who we are, they are so excited to know the history of the brand and the food and why are Central Americans so passionate about this brand. And I think once they come to our restaurants, experience the food and the service, they get it. They understand. Mm-hmm. This is why people are so passionate about the brand. And it's really something that continues to today. And as we add stores, and I mentioned Raleigh earlier, mm-hmm. it was phenomenal what we've experienced. And we've opened stores in California. Just so you know, we opened one in Oklahoma City yesterday. I was there. Wow. And we have a great franchise partner up there that is so passionate about it. He's going to build another one open in Tulsa later this year. Right. Those are the things when you go and visit our franchise partners gets not only me excited, but the whole team here at Campero. Mm-hmm. And and it really resonates not only in the U.S. because we have, remember, several units, over 270 units in Central America. So we have a global brand. Right. So it's not a U.S. brand, but we have a global brand that we need to protect. And 
Uh, everywhere you go in Pueblo Campero, uh, you know when you go there, when you smell the ingredients driving up to the restaurant, and then you go in the restaurant and you just smell it, you taste it, and you just see smiles on people's faces. And that's that's the part that gets me excited when I go yeah. out and start franchising Pueblo Campero. I wish my listeners could see you because you can tell that that's definitely your passion. But gosh, I, I it's hard to believe our time is almost up. So I'm going to go to my last two questions for you, Blas. And first of all, you've accomplished a lot in your career and you obviously love where you are right now. What are you most proud of? Kathy, the most uh, career-wise that I'm proud of is really the legacy that we have here in the U.S. for Polo Campero. You know, when when... I started here in 2007. Our offices were very small. <laughs> I like to say that we worked out of a shoebox, uh, and it was it was it was something that you had to believe in, which I believed in since the beginning. Uh, you had to have a vision of what this brand could do, and even though it didn't exist, uh, you knew it had tremendous potential. And what gives me excitement still as a franchise uh, development person, is we still have more runway. We still have more white space to conquer. And the legacy I, I love to tell people is I love where I started here and I love where we're at now. But what gets me excited is I love where we're going in the next five years. So that's kind of the reinventing myself. You have to reinvent yourself in the restaurant industry and as, a, as an executive in an organization. So I've had to do that. And I think the the reinventing myself as a franchise development is kind of the energy that 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 will propel me and propel the brand going forward. And uh, that's the thing that really gets me excited. I can I can definitely see that makes a lot of sense. So my last question is, you know, you had a you've had a wonderful career in accounting and finance and some some of it was not franchising, but now you've been in franchising. Is there anything you wish you had known before you started your franchising journey? One of the things that 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 I learned as part of the franchise is it takes time. It takes time to build the pipeline, to build relationships for people to understand the brand. It's not like you're buying a car and signing and driving it off over a weekend. This is something that's a long-term commitment. You're dealing with franchise partners whose lives will change. They're part of the family, part of a system. And when you do that, you want to make sure that all parties exa know exactly what is commitment, uh, know exactly what the risks are associated with being a franchise partner, but also know what the potential is. You know, there's tremendous potential being a franchisee in any concept. Uh, and that's one of the things that is being in the franchise development is the relationship piece is something that you have to continuously work on to ensure that people um, understand that, you know, you have something to offer. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity for them to be part of the family. And you have an opportunity to really be uh, for the journey as far as our growth. And franchise partners are looking for that because they like the fact where we're at in our phase of growth, right. that they want to jump in and be part of that growth. So it's relationships, it's the time necessary to build a, a pipeline, but also uh, the messages have to continue. You can't stop promoting the brand. You can't do, you know, promote the brand one week and then stop. It's a right. continuous brand 
PR approach to what we do, what we sell, why Pueblo Campero is Pueblo Campero and what makes it so special. So the other thing I would say is you have to continuously bring the brand up and articles and, and you know, conventions and trade shows. So, yeah. And I, I want us to be at the top when people talk about us. So what does that mean? You have to participate a lot. That's right. And, that, and that's something that I know from this to whenever I stop selling franchise, I'm going to have to do it. But the good news is I enjoy doing that because I really believe in the brand. That is the good news. Well, thank you for participating in this episode of Franchisee. It was great to hear all about you, Blas, and your wonderful brand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kathy. I appreciate it. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yumcgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.